Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35 plus years of experience means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from the desktop to the data center. Please check them out at vlcm.com. That's vlcm.com. All right, welcome into another episode of Cyber 24. Glad to have you along for the podcast. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to helping businesses and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organization. My name is Marty Carpenter of 24.9. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, and government relations. And this week, I sit down with Greg Johnson, the CEO of WebCheck Security, to talk about assigning a dollar value to cyber risk. All right, welcome in Greg Johnson from WebCheck Security. We're glad to have him along. I want to talk today about assigning a dollar dollar value to cyber risk. You hear a lot of stories about data breaches and you know all these things about the associated costs that come. I've seen it firsthand with clients when they get breached and they have some kind of response. Uh, boy, whether it's regulatory, whether it's uh, closing the loopholes, uh, whether it's regaining access to systems, uh, whether it's dealing with the public relations and client relations fallout, the costs can escalate pretty quickly. And I, I think that's such an important thing for companies to look at is how much is really at risk if you don't take care of your cyber security and prioritize that. So Greg, first of all, welcome in. Thanks so much for taking some time with us today. My pleasure. Mr. Carpenter's always so cool to be here with you on this uh, esteemed podcast. Good to <laughs> well, be a friend of the pod. <laughs> a friend of the pod. We're always glad to have you here for sure. All right. So this topic, assigning a dollar value to cyber risk. Talk to me about some of the most costly cyber incidents that have been out there. And and do those do those sway what we think of when it comes to the cost of cyber? Is it, it, it can be like these big companies have these big breaches and the, with big dollar amounts associated with them. But when it's a big company, I think it's easy for for middle-sized businesses and small businesses to say, well, that's the big boys. So I wonder, one, if you can kind of walk us through what are the costly incidents that we would be aware of or should be aware of? And then two, like how does that that give us a good or maybe skewed view of what the cost is to a cyber incident? Well, 2021 was certainly a banner year for uh, the press and and for a lot of different things, Marty. I, I think, you know, exacerbated by COVID, um, coming out of it, but yet not. And I think a lot of hacker groups had a lot of time on their hands as well uh, to kind of up their game. But we also saw uh, an enhancement of warfare, really, cyber warfare, nation states. Um, and these three that, that, that I'm going to mention here um, are, are really, they exemplify that. So mid-year last year, in about June, we were all kind of horrified as we sat back and we we saw the Colonial Pipeline um, get attacked. Now, you and I, before that event, probably didn't even know that there was a Colonial Pipeline or that it existed. But, you know, post-attack, we realized, oh, yeah, it's a thing. And it supplies, you know, a a third or more of all the gas on the East Coast. So you heard of, uh, you know, I don't know if you're old enough, Marty, but I remember the cars lining up in the 70s to get gas when we had our gas crisis, right? And uh, this was uh, back to that. It created a real problem on the East Coast. Our infrastructure was disrupted. So the cost of that is almost incalculable. Um, You look at the news reports and the ransom 
that was demanded for that was 4.4 million. I think they actually got it. Um, that particular group was Dark Side, which we found out is a Russian-backed uh, group, and uh, they messed with us. They messed with our gas infrastructure. At the same time, um, we had a hack from uh, JBS, which is a meat supplier, another one I'd never heard of before. But you know, if if you o- order Omaha steaks or you know half of the steaks that you buy in Walmart, this would have messed with that too. This was a big meat supplier that. Um, uh, was demanded a, a $22 million ransom. This also a Russian-backed group called Revil. And um, uh, in, in they needed to pay that in order to get their systems back online uh, and get everything decrypted. Uh, and then within three months, we had another uh, food supply hack. And this one was by a, a, an Iowa grain cooperative with 60 locations in the Northwest and North Central Iowa. This particular grain cooperative uh, buys and sells grain, seeds, fertilizer, herbicides. They provide crop advice and then bid information on the price of corn and soybeans. So as you can see, that's a pretty uh, important um, business right in our bread basket, which literally affects our bread, right? And uh, a five to nine million dollar ransom was demanded. They had to take their operations uh, offline, and I think they were able to skirt that without paying the the, the ransom. It could have been disastrous. Turns out that that was uh, by a, a black matter, which is also um, Russian backed, and and so it brings to to bear a couple things. So one, um, this was nation state. Uh, this was warfare. And you don't hear about a lot of that in the news, but I've been to the FBI briefings and I realize it's a real thing. Um, but number two, it, it did kind of raise that uh, whole fear, uncertainty and doubt factor where I think even smaller organizations are looking at it and saying, OK, what do we need to do? Because if you'll remember, Marty, not long after the colonial pipeline attack, Biden his you know, in his first year of, of his presidency came out and said, OK, we need to be concerned, whether you're a small business or a large business, about cybersecurity. And he signed several executive orders um, basically saying they were going to do something about it. Now, as you know, executive orders don't always translate too much. Uh, but certainly, um, whether it would have been Biden's presidency or somebody else's, they, they would have been and are concerned about it. So, so I, uh, that's kind of a long answer in history, but, uh, but the game, the game upped in 2021 and it's not going to get any easier uh, yeah. this year. So there's been some government emphasis on it, as you mentioned, and there've been some of these rather high profile incidents that, that weren't just high profile, like, Hey, they caught headlines because look at the dollar amounts involved or whatever. It was the interruption. Right. And so it seems to me that to some extent, people don't really take this seriously, whether they're regular Joe's or small business or medium-sized business owners or leaders, that you start to take it seriously when you see the impact on you, right? So when, in, in the two, right. two of those that you mentioned there, whether it's uh, you know, fuel supply, people realize that's a problem. You know, Cybersecurity comes front and center when suddenly gas spikes up by two bucks a gallon, or you can't get <laughs> it, or people are hoarding it and putting right. it in plastic bags, as was the case. Or you know, right. suddenly the price of, of steak, hamburger, meat goes... Uh, skyrocketing because there's been an er- interruption in that supply chain. And certainly supply chain interruption is unfortunately something we've become a little more accustomed to over the past uh, year, year and a half uh, because of the pandemic right. and its extensions. But I, I guess my wonder is, 
um, you know, in these instances, there was actually an impact on regular people, right? It, it went beyond just being a headline. And so do you think that really spurred some action, not just in governmental action, but was that sort of a tipping point for businesses to say, hey, we got to make sure we're taken care of because I don't know that we can weather the same kind of storm that the Colonial Pipeline did or that JBS did. We may not be that big and stable. We got to make sure right. we get things taken care of. Yeah, I think I think for more medium-sized businesses, Marty, there was an awakening. But I still think there's so many um, medium and small business that kind of say, "Well, that was them, and they're big, and we're only five million in revenue, or maybe we're only, well, maybe we're thirty million in revenue, um, but we're certainly not as high-profile as the aforementioned." So, so you know, we'll we'll manage by our cyber policy. Yeah. <laughs> of course, that doesn't work much these days either because the cyber insurers have gotten wise and now they're asking um, companies to fill out questionnaires to ensure they have the proper controls in place. But, but I still think there's so much ostrich uh, head in the sand stuff going on here, Marty. I, I, I think you've still got a lot of businesses that just, first of all, if you were to ask the question, my business partner, Jeff likes to ask, what would be the impact of a financial incident on your business? You ask that question to, you know, 70% of, of corporate America, small and large, and, and the, the answers are going to be, uh, well, don't know. <laughs> we, we haven't calculated that risk. So the thing is, those that colonial pipeline attack, the media talks about the ransoms, right, and how much it costs them to decrypt their data. But there's so much more that goes into the actual dollar value of, of a cyber incident in, in the organization. I thought today maybe we could drill into some of those aspects and hopefully it will help organizations to start to think about uh, what those aspects are and how to put a cost to, to those. Absolutely. Let's jump into that. We'll take a quick break first and come back with more on that. The demand has never been greater for business owners and IT professionals to invest in intelligent security camera systems. At the intersection of physical security and cybersecurity, an increasing number of organizations struggle to take a proactive approach to surveillance. Verkata's all-in-one physical security platform makes this decision easy with features like plug-and-play installation, centralized management, secure remote access to cameras, and smart features and alerts. Smarter security starts with Verkata. Learn more at vlcmtech.com slash Verkata. That's vlcmtech.com slash V-E-R-K-A-D-A. If you're looking for protection from uncontrolled access, Salto can deliver the perfect solution, tailored to your exact requirements to provide you with all the security convenience and control you need. With Salto, you install access control in a wire-free environment, so there's no need to hardwire the building. Because Salto works on a virtual network, you can enroll or replace a lost key within seconds, making reprogramming and rekeying a problem of the past. See how Salto can make your access control and building security simpler and safer at vlcmtech.com slash Salto. That's vlcmtech.com slash S-A-L-T-O. All right, welcome back. Uh, Greg Johnson from WebCheck Security. Want to talk a little bit more. You wanted to get into this just before the break. Let's talk about the real costs. What are the real costs to businesses? Help us break down what, what businesses are looking at with actual costs that come from having having undervalued what they're 
uh, are underestimated what their risk is. Yeah. So one of the greatest things that me this past year, Marty, is I engaged with uh, a, a CPA, um, uh, Joe uh, from Kings Peak uh, Tax, to do some of my R and D uh, tax credits, and he's he's a very cyber savvy guy, and he helped us develop a model for understanding enterprise risk. That's it's actually pretty simple, but but yet, if it were that simple, people would would all be doing it, <laughs> right? We we put this into um, a spreadsheet, and in fact, we 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 programmed it into our website, um, and uh, and and now we run our clients through that as kind of a, a web application that that we've developed. But um, what he helped us to understand was some of the aspects of enterprise risk that need to be factored into this, and it really all starts with context, Marty. So, for example, I'm going to use a couple of examples today on this podcast where there's a two billion dollar client of ours. Um, and then there's a $35 million, a, a, a much smaller business. Um, and, and what if your business is only 900,000 in revenue, you know, and you're, you're below that billion mark. Well, your, your, your aspect is contextual, right? And so it, it's first important to understand that it has to be put into the context of, of how big you are and your, your revenues. You know, the, the, the bad guys are not going to design or demand a ransom <laughs> that's five million dollars if if you're if you you're only five hundred thousand in in revenue right so the the first aspect of enterprise risk is to consider what your revenue really is and and what do we stand to lose what's at risk here um if you were to go out to the i b m data calculator and they've got a good one there uh it it comes from ponemon data, but that's based on kind of preconceived industries and notions of how big you are so um, one of the first things our our what we call our cyber risk monetizer does is it asks the question, well, what's your revenue? Let's figure that out first. And then there are three key areas um, that that really need to be factored into this um, cyber risk equation. One is your reputational risk, right? And this is going to be different for every business. Um, for example, uh, Marty, if uh, if you go online to buy something. And you've uh, recently read a big report that says, you know, XYZ shoes hacked and your credit card isn't safe. You may think twice before that, you know, that's going to affect their revenue, right? Other organizations that are B2B organizations that are in the background that, you know, if, if people hear that they're breached, it may not affect their revenue quite as much. So, you know, you have to con- take into consideration what would be uh, reputationally uh, our revenue loss. Now, I submit that every business is probably going to have some. Maybe it's only one percent. For other organizations, it could be five or ten percent, which is is quite a bit more significant. So that's kind of the first the first question is what would be our reputational loss? What would we lose, and for how long would we lose it <laughs> if we had a significant cyber incident and we were in the news? Right. Yeah. Um, the next one would be operational risk. And and that's where a business sits down and says, okay, <clears throat> we may have to pay a ransom, and hopefully not. Hopefully you've got backups. Hopefully you've played with those backups, and you know they work, right? And and you wouldn't have to. You could just kind of wipe and reset and and go. Uh, but aside from the ransom, what what would be your daily cost of operations if you're down, 
and uh, that you're, you're trying to root out a cyber incident, you have to disconnect or disconnect servers for a while until you get it figured out. What does it cost you to do that? Um, anyway, I'll bring in some, some, some use cases for this. But the final uh, factors is, uh, you know, are the repair impact. And that's not just the cost to rebuild your servers and what you call your cyber structures, uh, but there's PR. And as a PR guy, Marty, you understand that that can be very, very important, either in a political campaign or an organization. You've you got to have a PR strategy. Yeah. Right. In in order to repair and rebuild the reputation. And and then um, also organizations don't think about this, but what's going to happen to your insurance premium? And I have a, a neat story that I'm going to tell about that in a minute. But those are the three main areas that need to be considered reputational risk, operational risk and the repair impact. How do you put a dollar value on those? Yeah. Uh, tell me, I want to hear the insurance premium story. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. that makes my ears perk up. It's like, oh yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't know that I've even thought too deeply about that. That I know that it's important to have cyber insurance, and I know cyber insurance uh, providers have been getting better about having businesses meet certain standards. Um, but I've never really thought much about gee, what happens to that premium after the fact. Oh, it it can be huge. So here here's a. Here's a couple of, of case studies, and, and I'll get to the premium in a minute. So one is a okay. medium-sized, smallish company, $35 million in revenue, still pretty good size, size company. But we sat down um, and ran through the monetization exercise. I call it monetization. You're not really creating uh, monetary value, but, but what you're doing is you're monetizing that dollar risk, a dollarization, if you will. You're putting dollar numbers to that real risk. And, and you know, after we went through those three um, impact areas with them, and there's some granularity in the questions, um, turns out that this 35 million in revenue organization had about 3.5 million conservatively in cyber risk. And that's if they only get asked to pay a small ransom, if they have to pay it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that's more interesting is we, we went through the exercise with a $2 billion uh, multinational organization and it, it it turns out that they had about 21 million minimally of cyber risk, um, and it, it had so happened that in this particular organization had gotten popped, and uh, it was just a branch uh, in in one of their uh, foreign countries, so it wasn't even in the U.S. But because of that uh, breach of that particular division of the company, right? Um, their insurance premium worldwide went up by $50,000 a year. That's a massive jump for, for any kind of a premium, you know, and um, it, it could be even, even more. The cyber insurers have gotten a lot more savvy. There've been a lot more hits on organizations. A lot more ransoms have been paid out. And so an organization has to consider, okay, we may be small, but how many thousand dollars will be, will be paying above what we're paying now. <laughs> you know, you think of your auto insurance, Marty, you get in an accident and uh, your insurance goes up. And, it, and it's usually not fun for the budget, right? Um, but for an organization now, they, they run into a cyber, uh, a cyber auto accident, <laughs> a cyber attack, and uh, it, it can be thousands uh, and in large organizations, maybe even millions of dollars in order now to keep them insured 
in a multinational organization. Yeah. My guess is a lot of organizations don't think about that. Yeah. Pretty amazing numbers too. I mean, <laughs> in a lot of ways, just from a business standpoint, you're in a great spot because at WebCheck, you guys go and look and say, let's help you understand what, what the risk is here. Um, you know, Once people have a full understanding of it, it I imagine it's pretty easy to sell some services. Maybe you could walk us through a little bit um, how a company can start assigning cyber risk. How do they go through that process and what that's like? Well, again, the, the you know the simple answer would be give us a call. We'll run you through this free of charge. Yeah. But but if they can sit down and think, okay, based on our based on our yearly revenues, um, if we were to take a percentage of reputational impact, what would that be, and for how long would that be? Would it only be a month? Would it be three months? Would it be six months? That's that's mm-hmm. one of the places where you start. A lot of businesses will say somewhere in between one and five percent they believe might be affected if reputationally people hold off or decide to go to a competitor uh, because you're in the news, right? Um, you know, if, if, if you've just read a big article, uh, Marriott gets hacked, you know, which actually happens all the time, you, you, may, you may not give your credit card there. You may say, hey, I'll do Hampton Inn today, you know? <laughs> um, so that, that's the first area. The second thing that they can do is, is to look at their daily revenues and their daily cost of operations. If that goes down even for, for you know, four hours, what does that, what's the dollar value? Some of this can be really subjective, but it's really important to think that through. Can you see that, Marty? Yeah. And how most businesses, they don't do that. Um, so what would be that operational cost? And, and you know what? Most businesses tell me that if we had a serious breach where we were locked out of some servers or we had to, you know, our IT team, whether in-house or out, out, outsourced, were to have to get us back online, it's going to take five to 10 days until we're back fully operational. So really, what is the, the impact of that? Um, and then obviously the repair impact. What does it cost? It's, if you have to buy a new server or servers, if you have to hire outside IT help to do augment and speed up the process, um, the cyber breaches, the, the beauty of them is <laughs> they point out all the holes and you realize, okay, we really need to get a new endpoint solution, or we really need to get a new backup solution, or we really need to encrypt this piece of data. Well, that all costs money, right? And and so walking through the exercise, almost like a tabletop exercise, okay, what would it cost us if we had to rebuild our servers, if we had to buy new hardware, new software, and, and what are some of the holes that we have, right? Do we have, for example, an incident response runbook? Or would we organizationally go into fibrillation, you know, like with a heart attack? Mm-hmm. And 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 so it 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 it's not hard to start putting costs to those, even subjectively, you know, uh, small numbers. But suddenly you add those numbers up and you realize, oh wow, um, maybe we do have a million dollars in cyber risk. And uh, do we want to risk that, or do we want to do something about it? Yeah, uh, really great insight. I wonder uh, if you can give people a. Uh, a quick, well, give yourself a quick plug. Tell people how to get in touch with you guys if this is something that uh, they want. You know, their their radar is now up, the red flag is up, and they want to talk to an expert about this. Well, thank you. thanks, Marty. It, they all they need to do is is uh, send us an email to get in touch at webcheckSecurity.com, uh, or they can go to our website webcheckSecurity.com and and uh, 
as they're browsing through resources and blogs and videos and, and different things, they, there's a form on every page. They can simply fill that out, send us a message, and uh, one of our experts will will get to them uh, very quickly. All right. Greg Johnson from WebCheck Security, we appreciate your time and your expertise as always. As we wrap up for this episode, I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. So whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out, vlcm.com. That's vlcm.com. Special thanks as well to our supporting partners, the Utah Division of Technology Services, the Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute at the University of Utah, the Utah Attorney General's Office, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and of course, our friends at Secivon. You can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can follow us on Facebook as well. Feel free to hit us up in either place. Let us know what you think of the show, or even if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. They make a big difference for us and our audience. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe online.